always present to make us who we are. You're always present to make us into the man or woman that we're called to be. And we're thankful that it's by the Spirit of God and by the grace of God that we can become all that we're called to be, that we can experience all that we're called to experience. And Father, we just thank you for just encounters with you. We thank you that everything you touch changes. Can you guys can give somebody a hug as you sit down? Yeah, I'm using that. Yeah, yeah, both. Yeah, both of them. Welcome to Jesus Church. For those of you who don't know, my name's Dylan. Um, I'm gonna preach from a whiteboard again for three days or three weeks straight. So, be thankful. Type A people, be thankful. Note takers. Now is your chance to enjoy everything that God has given you before it's stripped away. <laughs> um, I feel, I feel, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is where we're going to go. Um, we're going to get there eventually. <laughs> so we've been talking about, um, for the last two weeks, we've been talking about spirit, soul, and body, and I kind of want to stay in that vein, um, and continue in, it's, it's a foundational truth because a lot of things don't make sense if we don't understand this. Um, if we don't understand that, if we don't understand that what happens to us when we give our lives to Jesus, that something changes on the inside of us, not on the outside. If something changes in our spirit, man, not in our, not in our body, we don't look differently, not in our minds, we don't actually think differently, we have to be trained to think differently. If we don't understand that, then everything in Christianity will start to be blurry and won't make a lot of sense. Because you'll, you'll not realize that, like what we're talking about with the love of God is so critical for us to see is like, the reason that, <clears throat> have you ever thought about that? We've all heard like, you know, Jesus loves you. We've seen the bumper stickers and people have said it and we all want to believe that. But do you understand why he loves you? I'll drink to that. Do you understand why he loves you? Like he... He doesn't, because a lot of times we live our lives a certain way and we don't believe that God can love us or will love us. Has anyone ever thought that? Has anyone ever thought that like, has anyone ever questioned or doubted the love of God? You know why? 
because it's the foundation for everything that we're, we're called to live in and believe in. So the, if the enemy can get us to question the love of God, we're supposed to be rooted and grounded in love because in the gospel, in the revelation of Jesus dying for us is the revelation of the love of God for you. So if he can get you to doubt that God loves you, then he'll question whether or not God really cares for you and the gospel won't really mean that much to you. Does that make sense? Like everything, everything, everything that is attacked in, the, in, in our mindsets and our thought processes, yeah, thanks. Let there be light because it's dark up here. Um, it's because it's set, up against, it's, it's set up against truth. It's set up against the gospel. It's set up against what we believe. Right? That's why when tragedy hits or things happen, the first thing that is questioned is whether God loves us. You ever had that, you ever had that thought? Right? You see something bad or something bad happens to you. The foundational lie that you'll start to hear and believe is that, is that God really doesn't care or love me or I wouldn't have went through that. Right? Right. Or he had a hand in it. Has anyone ever thought about that? It's so funny, Jared shared this with me, like, but <clears throat> I was like, I wasn't planning on saying this, but that's why under, can we turn the rest of these lights up? Yeah, where is Simon at? Simon, are you eating? Get out here. Oh, he's rocking his baby, okay. We'll give him a pass. Um, there we go. There's this one guy that was in our Bible college, he's just like, why is God always in the dark in all these churches? Like, turn the lights on. <laughs> oh, it's funny. But have you ever thought about it that it's foundational for us to understand that because God chose to reveal himself as God is love. So for us to question the love of God is to question the very nature of God, right? For us to doubt and be challenged in the love of God is the enemy doubting and challenging the very nature and heart of God. Does that make sense? But it happens all across the board. You can t- talk to people that don't even believe in God at all. If something bad happens, I'll be like, well, if he is a God, then why this? Why that? Why did that happen? And it's something like, Jerry shared it with me before, is like he really, feel, he really felt like people, this needs to be established. And I was like, I didn't plan on talking about it, but I was like, it's really key for us to understand that God can do whatever he wants, but he chose to do it through people. He chose to do things through people and allow people to make the decisions. If we can understand that, man, it'll, it'll clear up a lot of problems in our life. Is that God is in, him in his sovereignty chose to give the authority to man so that man in the image of God can now go out and do what God wouldn't do in the earth. But man now has the choice, and Adam took that choice and forfeited it over to the enemy and now man that is made in the image of God lives outside of the image of God and brings hurt and pain into the earth. Does that make sense? God gave Adam, gave man the ability. That's why when some, like if, if Tyler hurts Nathaniel and Amy, that's not God hurting Nathaniel and Amy, that's Tyler hurting Nathaniel and Amy. And that's why Jesus hung on a tree because he paid for the sin that Tyler commits. He paid for the sin of the world. God's always the answer, he's not the problem. <clears throat> Right? And if we understand that, man, foundationally, it'll start to see, because God's, his heart posture is love for people. So if there's pain and suffering in the world, you can see the devil's fo- fingerprints all over it. And you can see fallen man's fingerprints all over it. Right? It's so funny, because like, people say, like, you'll hear people talk about it, like, if God's so good, then how come there's like, world hunger? And I'm like, the earth produces enough food for the entire world to eat. 
But because man doesn't have enough money to pay for it, other men will let that sit there and rot on the ground before they give it to you. Right? So that's not God's fault. Right? Everything, every sin, every, every problem in the earth, that you, you can boil it down to man living for himself outside of God. Right? Any problem in the earth, it's, all, it's, it's man living for himself outside of God. And then tragedy that happens to us outside of man's involvement is just because man introduced sin into the world. Right? For example, people say, you ever, like on your insurance policy, you're, you're covered from what? Acts of God? Right? Which are what? Catastrophes, natural disasters, all these things. <clears throat> and it's crazy that a storm shows up to Jesus in the boat and the disciples are fearing for their lives because they're going to be killed. And Jesus rebukes the storm and says, why are you so fearful? Implying that the storm wasn't God's heart for them to be destroyed in that storm. Because if it was God that sent every storm, then Jesus rebuked what the Father does and he never does outside of what the Father's heart is. Does that make sense? It settles a lot of things in our lives because I think a lot of times what we see happen in the world is just because man is supposed to have the authority to take care of situations and we don't do it. So then God's up there and he, can't, he chose to give the authority to Brandon. So if Brandon doesn't go do what he's supposed to do, it's not anybody's fault but the person that has the authority, right? And if Brandon chooses to take the authority that God gave him and hurt people, that's not God's heart for him. And he'll spend his entire life pursuing him and he'll spend his entire life trying to fix all the problems and send his son to die for all those problems that Brandon committed. But it's not God that's causing Brandon to do it, Right? That's freedom if we can understand that because that'll set a lot of people free because then you'll realize that God's the one with his arms open, not the one that's causing it because you're never going to come and you'll never sing and worship a God like that. Does that make sense? We'll never really truly, you can never truly love somebody that you don't trust. <clears throat> and if you don't trust his heart and his nature, Jesus, my favorite, one of my favorite, one of my favorite thoughts and sayings in the entire, like that somebody came up with, somebody came up with, but somebody had said it, and I'm like, this is probably one of the greatest things introduced to the body of Christ, is that Jesus is perfect theology. So if you can't find your image of the way that you view God in the person of Jesus, then it's, you're probably believing a lie. So if you put Jesus in the picture, and if he, if he wouldn't have done that that way, or he wouldn't have said it that way, or that wouldn't have happened if Jesus was on the scene, then we ought to, we ought to question who was at fault, right? If Jesus, if Jesus is perfect theology, and he heals and delivers everybody that ever came in contact with him, then he shows you, he says, if you've seen me, you've actually seen perfectly the Father. He said, you don't need to be shown the Father, you've seen me. That's, your, that's good enough for you. So he's explaining and demonstrating that everything that you see in my life is the way, the heart, the posture of the Father for you. Right? So if you come to Jesus with sickness, 100% everybody in this room would agree that you, that you would be healed. Would we all agree with that? Then that means plain and simple, that that is God's heart for you to be healed, right? Regardless of what we've seen. But we have to understand that and believe that. That's why I think one of the biggest problems in the earth is the enemy's doing things and then blaming it on God, and we take the bait all the time, you know? And it's so easy. Even people that truly love God and know God, when, 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 especially when tragedies happen or problems happen, that's, the foundation starts to get a little shaky, Right? Jesus says in, in Matthew chapter 7 that the storms come for the righteous and the unrighteous. 
and it's, and it's coming, and it's whether you built your, your foundation on rock or sand, the storm's not from God, it's just coming. We live in a world where storms come, right? And that's why, I mean, you hear me say it all the time, I'm not, like, living in faith does not promise you life above the clouds. It just promises you a foundation that stands in storms, right? We got to understand that. Because I believe that you can sit and, it's so crazy because we can sit and see somebody that really, truly, you feel like in your heart loves Jesus really well or loves Jesus a lot or loves him a ton. And what you equate that to is they've never been through anything. Because if they went through what I went through, they probably wouldn't have their hands raised that high. Right? That's not the case. (laughs) They just see something clearly a lot more than you see it because you wouldn't be questioning it that way if you saw it clearly. Right? And man, it's, it's, it's tragic when Jesus is the, when God sent his son to die, God sent his son to die for what man caused, and then man turns around and judges God for what man's doing, when Jesus is the one that hung on the tree for that specific issue. Right? So when I hurt Tyler, Jesus came to set Tyler free from that sin, and set me free from that sin, and then I'm blam- Tyler's blaming God for what I did to him, and calling it, calling it God. Right? Anybody that's an atheist has just been hurt by a Christian. <clears throat> if you look at it, I mean, I haven't met one that isn't. Maybe if you're an atheist in the room and you haven't been hurt by a person, come talk to me. Most of them have, most of them have a, a picture of God based on what somebody else that says they knew God didn't, did or didn't do, right? And then they say that is God. That, they, they equate that to the Father. And what we're doing is we're putting somebody else as a little idol and we're worshiping them. It's called idolatry. <clears throat> because you're painting a picture of God based on what somebody else says that they know, when if they really knew, they wouldn't have done what they did. Does that make sense? That's so, that's so freeing to understand. Does that, is there any questions on that? Yeah. You, I got a microphone for you, though. Go ahead. You got dress shoes on. Jared's got sneakers on, so... What are they called? <laughs> they sketch your shape-ups. Um, maybe, if, would you be uh, willing to explain a little bit more, just thinking back to what you earlier stated? So if, if it's not God's fault that there's a drought or a hurricane, and that's man's responsibility, you know, explain more of that. I, mm-hmm. you know, I think yeah. sometimes that's a common thing. We, right. we cry out to God. Are we not supposed to ask him? Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to figure out how to gain that authority? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of times things happen, um, like Romans chapter, I'll go there really quick. I always quote things, but I feel like we need to read things more because um, you have your own Bible at home with you. You don't have me at home with you. Um, So you look at like, I was thinking about this yesterday because I was watching the thunderstorm outside. I was like, man, Lord, is that, was that Romans 8? That, was that pre, pre, like fall? Was storms pre-fall or post-fall? And this is what I believe. <clears throat> look at Romans chapter 8, verse 18. It says, uh, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation 
of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation, the creation, was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Is that when Adam, we talked about it last week, like when Adam fell, it wasn't he died, but also God curses Adam and says that you're going to have to till the ground and from which you came, you'll have to till with briars and thorns and all these. All of that stuff happened and creation actually fell as a result of man's sin because man had the authority over creation. So he introduced sin into the earth, right? So when we have situations like, like because before it... Genesis is like really mysterious and crazy because it's like, it talks about all this stuff, but it's like, it says a mist came up and watered the ground. So it's like something was like, Adam was just living a life in the kingdom of God that was perfect. And like, there wasn't like lack. I believe like fruits probably just produced themselves all the time, right? Like every season was wild blackberry season. You know what I mean? But those are thorns, so I don't know how that works either. But like, Huh? No thorns, just blackberries, big ones like that. I take Valor down there, and he's just like, and then he's eating them off the ground. I'm like, hey, not off the ground, dude. And I'm like, check them for bugs. And he'll be like way over there, da-da, no bugs like this. Hold them up. I'm like, you can eat it. Just make sure that, I don't even know what he's look, if he knows what he's looking for, but he's funny. Um, but the earth actually fell and was subjected to to corruption in the same way that man was subjected to corruption and that at the revelation of Jesus and the sons of God at the end of the age there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth in the same way that we're going to have a new body in the same way that we were not created to die we were never created to die but because of what sin has done we actually die physically does that make sense because of sin not because of man like man was called to live forever and that's why like if you look at Genesis sin is introduced and man slowly but surely started dying sooner and sooner Right? It's like Adam lived 952 years or something crazy. And I'm like, that's insane. But as you start to see it dwindle down, it's like 820, 760. It's like because sin was actually starting to destroy the earth. Right? Um, does that answer your question? Marty? Doesn't answer your question? So what does it look like for man to, to re- redeem that? I think that there is a, what it talks about with like a revelation of the sons of God is there's a place to where we can live um, in authority over what, like there's a place where we can actually be a blessing to the, the land that we live in and a blessing to the town, to the businesses, to everything that we live in, that what we touch actually turns to gold because of the, the, the spirit of God on the inside of us. Like, remember, you showed me that thing, Nathaniel, about there was a, <clears throat> a town, where was that? Guatemala that actually there was missionaries sent there and you know they saw some people get saved and actually one like the whole town turned to the Lord and they became the most fruitful town in the whole in the whole like region that they were it was like what three different harvests a year that they were producing yeah it went from it went from like three to like 15 harvests a year harvests a year from three and it was like they became one of the biggest exporters of all the fruit because they were producing more than they could even handle and it was because they, they'll like it was like it was a cool interview because like they're like the town officials were just like yeah because we believe God and we like we turned like they went from idolatry or whatever they were worshiping to to God and it actually blessed the land that they were in um 
I believe. So that's what I believe, is there's a place for that. Um, so go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> that's all free. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse one. So just to recap, we, we, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. When you give your life to Jesus, something changes in your spirit to where you're different on the inside. Well, let's read it first, and then it'll make more sense. Verse 1, it says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. What's he talking about? Your body, your earthly tent. Like, we all live in a tent, right? I could shoot Nathaniel dead. He doesn't cease to exist. Right? His tent just falls over. We package it up, put it in the ground for later. You know what I mean? But he goes, he never ceases to exist. That's what Paul's talking about. We'll package it up for later. It says, first, verse 2, For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. Well, is he, he's saying that there is a groaning in our bodies, right? You start to get, you're going to, you're going to age to the point to where you're going to die one day. Everyone's not going to, you're not going to live forever in the physical. You will live forever in your spirit, but your body's going to die and fall over, right? Um, for we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality, right? Mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is who? Who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Okay, this is what I want us to see. Is that, and we talked about a little bit last week about the Holy Spirit, but Jesus has given us the Spirit of God as a guarantee of what we're going to accomplish and what we're going to walk in when we die, when Jesus comes back, one of the two, right? You might be alive when Jesus comes back. You might be dead. We don't know. Um, I'm resisting all these jokes about end times people talking to me. You're <laughs> uh, like, you better watch out. He's coming back. Um, but Jesus, he gave us the spirit as a guarantee of what we're going to feel and live in in the new body in the new earth, right? So Jesus was actually given a new body. When he raised from the dead, Jesus says, feel me. What does he say? For flesh and bone, or for a spirit does not have flesh and bone. But Jesus' spirit was given a new body so that he could live in a new body in the new heavens and the new earth, right? And Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. Does that make sense? So, so this is what's incredible. And this is what I love about the Lord, is he's incredibly, amazingly patient and does not really care about what people think. Like, it's so crazy how the way that he thinks, he puts a deposit in the spirit knowing that it's going to produce a fruit in the body in the future. But he doesn't really, it's, he's not concerned about, like, 
whether or not people see it or believe it, he knows it's going to bring forth the harvest in the long run. Whether we live it out and experience freedom in our body to where we experience healing, we experience life, he knows that it might be just a little fruit right now or a little, a little blade, but in the, when it's all said and done, we're going to stand before the Lord and where he's going to give us a new body if you accepted Jesus. And he's going to bring us into a creation of absolute amazing heaven, right? But he gives us a spirit so he redeems our spirit, gives us the spirit of the, or the Holy Spirit. This is being, let me say it like this. Your spirit is renewed. You're never going to get a new spirit. Your spirit is 100% holy, righteous before the Lord. I can show you a million scriptures for that. You have been created according to the image of Christ. Your soul is being renewed into that image and your body is following suit in the long run. But your body will die one day and you need a new one. That's what Paul's talking about. He's like, we groan so that we can be further clothed. Not unclothed, but further clothed. What Jesus wants us to see is freedom in our soul. Jesus wants us to see freedom. He wants us to experience what he has deposited in the spirit in our soul so that we can experience what it looks like to live it out in our body. Any questions? You tracking with me? Does the whiteboard help? You got a question? This is in one translation. I think it really is fitting here. It says in verse 5, and this is no empty hope for God himself is the one who has prepared us for this wonderful destiny. And to confirm this promise, he's given us the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring, a guarantee. And it says uh, it's kind of like a down payment. Right. 100%. Right? So think about this. Before you knew Jesus... You're living your life in the body and the soul without a, with a dead spirit that doesn't know God. He makes your spirit alive, gives you the Holy Spirit so that you learn to live by the spirit in your soul and in your body. If we understand that he is the guarantee, the Holy Spirit is our, he's our friend, our helper. He's the one that's going to help us to live out what we're called to live in the body and in our soul. And our soul is just our mind, will, and emotions. There's so many times in our emotions that are tainted and... and um, like have been destroyed and hurt by sin that we have to that's why hold your finger there go to Romans chapter 12 I'm going to try to slow down I feel like I need to preach everything that I'm supposed to preach in the next five years right now you know how much is in this like look how big this bible is and I'm like you know I don't have a lot of time. Verse 1, Romans chapter 12, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be what? How? By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Right? So when we receive Jesus, our spirits are actually born again in your spirit. And you're learning what it looks like to live out what that looks like in your body and in your soul. You're renewing your mind to live it out. One of the things I felt like, I, I felt like the Lord wanted to establish today is like we have to believe that it's possible for us to live out what the spirit has deposited in our hearts. And the moment that you believe that it's possible, the moment is the moment that you'll actually start to live it out. But most of the time, we don't believe it's possible because we've lived so much of our lives in the sensual realm. We've lived so much of our lives living in the, in the flesh, living by, the, living by our flesh and living by 
um, the dictates of our minds and our emotions, right? So jump back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We have to believe it's possible. Is there any questions before I keep going? Just shoot your hand up if you have a question. All right, don't wait for me to ask for questions. Verse 5, it says, Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, and who has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. Yeah, the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are also confident, or we are always confident, or we are always confident knowing that while we are home in the body, what does that mean? Alive. When you live in your little tent, right? When you live in your tent, you're at, you're at home in the body, you're what? You're absent from the Lord. You're absent from Jesus. Why? Because he has a new body in heaven. But he's given us his spirit on the inside of us as a guarantee of what we're going to accomplish in the future. That's why by the Holy Spirit is the only way that we can know Jesus. You cannot know him in the flesh. You cannot know him by your senses. You have to know him by the Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal Jesus. Right? Jesus, said, or the, Jesus says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and he's going to testify of me. Because he's going to take of what is mine and he's going to declare it to you. Because what he's given you in the Spirit of God is the answer for everything that you need in life. Right? He's going to take of what is Jesus's, what is Jesus's paid, accomplished, finished work, and he's going to give it to you and show you how to walk it out and live in it. One of the biggest problems in our lives is we don't give ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We don't understand what his role is in our life. Right? Like, I don't just sing to a God that I don't know. I don't just worship a God that I don't know. I don't read about a God that I don't know. I constantly ask Holy Spirit to help me and teach me, and I know him, and I can be confident of that. The Holy Spirit has been given to us as a guarantee of what is going to be ours and what is going to be ours when we walk in ours. That, what was that? That was an angel feather. What is it? What is it? What's it look like? I want to see it. It's a piece of insulation. <laughs> it's a piece of tape. angel. <laughs> I just saw the thing fall on you, John. Jesus is pouring it out. It's got a note in there. It's like a fortune cookie. What's it say? Expect happiness and fruitfulness in your life. <laughs> it's Arabic. <laughs> Very many Daniels in the room. I can read it. That's awesome. All right, where were we at? It had to fall on you, John, didn't it? <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> While we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For, because we walk by faith and not by sight. This is what we started with, is we cannot live as Christians by the sensual sight-feeling realm. We have to live by faith. And just because you live by faith does not mean that you're never going to experience a controversial feeling, emotion, thought process in the flesh, in your sensuality, emotions, flesh, sensuality, feelings, emotions, flesh. 
that's not where we're called to live. We're called to live by faith and live by, live by what we believe and live by what we've been given in the spirit. <clears throat> because anything other than that, we're just trying to change our emotions and change our mood and change our feelings. And you're, you're, you're in a losing battle. Because if the enemy can get us to fight, like we talked about the first week, if the enemy can get us to fight in the flesh and in our feelings, man, you're just going to be tossed to and fro all the time, right? And I said it like so many people that live, that live victorious Christian lives and live with Jesus and actually flourish and thrive in Jesus, they don't, they don't talk about it a lot because they don't give it a lot of place, and I wish they did. Like, just because you wake up and feel like you're not righteous and not loved and not cared for does not mean that you're not righteous and not loved and not cared for. Right? Jesus still hung on a tree for you regardless of whether you believe it or not. Right? Jesus still loves you regardless of whether you wake up and feel it. Right? Jesus still loves you regardless of whether you wake up and feel it and you feel amazing. That love never changed. Right? We were talking about that. It's like you might wake up and be like, man, I'm like rocking on all cylinders today. The, the same love for you and the same care that God has for you is that day and whether you wake up and just feel like crap. doesn't matter. And that's what we have to see is like we live by those things. Like we wake up and we're like, oh man, I feel good. Like didn't sleep through my alarm, blah, 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 blah. All these things are going well and we're living external lives and that's why we're like this all the time, right? And the majority of the time we're trying to pray and ask the Lord to change things in the physical when he's trying to change you in the way that you believe, right? So we're praying, Lord, stop storms when he's just like, why don't we lay foundations that are really strong? Does that make sense? The majority, a lot of times, let me think about this, hold on. If we continue to, I feel like a lot of times what we're doing is we're ministering, we're keeping people I'm trying to say this without like, forgive me for long pauses and awkward silences. When we ask, when we ask to, when we're looking for answers and looking for prayer and looking for change and looking for transformation here in our soul or in our body, we're teaching people to live by, by feelings and experiences. We're teaching people to live by sight and not by faith right? And this is what's crazy is Jesus calls us to renew our minds. And the only way that you can renew your mind is changing what you believe. It's not by changing what you're thinking. It's changing what you believe. Because right believing will always produce right thinking. Poor believing will always produce poor thinking. Right? So when Luke comes to me and is like, hey, I'm really, I don't believe that God loves me. I've been experiencing all this, whatever. I, I don't need to be like, assure him I don't need to pray for him. I don't need to try to change his feelings. I need to under, make him understand that God loves him and it's been established long before he even did anything, right? Long before he ever saw Jesus, long before he ever experienced Jesus, he established that in the truth of the gospel of what Jesus has accomplished and given in his body and in his blood. So that, if that's established in, in Luke's life, his thought processes, his feelings and emotions will be different because when he feels like he's not loved, that Bible still says the same thing, that God demonstrated his love and the sacrifice of his son, right? That's what's so crazy about me is like, or crazy about me. That's what's so crazy about the gospel is like, we can live our lives and it can be, you can be having hard times, good times, and you can open your Bible and it still says the same thing, right? 
I remember there was a time where I was going through a ton of warfare in my mind and like a ton of anxiety and anxiousness and like panic attacks and all this crap. <clears throat> and I just remember coming to the Lord and I'm like, I'd come to the Lord and he'd sh- like, and what's so crazy is like before all of this, and this is what I love about Jesus is I would, I got a bunch of these like words that didn't make a lot of sense to me, but it was just like the Lord was just storing up ammunition that when I got in a battle, it made like he was already had spoke truth to me before I even got in there. So he's like, well, how come all these lies are saying this when I told you this months ago before you're even in this battle? I'm like, you're so, that's so great, dude. So I had all this, I had all these words that I was like, that he had spoke over my life and, and spoke to me when I was spending time with him and people had prophesied or whatever. Um, and I got in there. So I'm feeling like super, I'm feeling like super anxious. I'm, I'm getting attacked in my mind. So I go into my bedroom and I'm just like, I'm like, Lord, like, what do I do? What, like, talk to me. Like, what's going on? And he would literally say, he's like, hey, Dylan, you don't have a problem. And I'm like, what do you mean I don't have a problem? Like, you know exactly how I'm feeling and like, you know what I'm going through. He's like, you don't have a problem. That's not true. Like, and I was like, that's not super awesome to hear when you're looking for an answer. He's like, I've already spoken truth to you. He's like, you don't need another word. You don't need another feeling. You don't need another change. You don't need me to touch you again. He's like, the truth has already been established. You don't need another thing. He's like, what have I already spoken to you? What's crazy is in him not speaking to me in that moment and telling me that was was him not giving any authority to what was going on right? He wasn't saying, hey, now because you're feeling this way, now this is who you are, right? What Jesus was saying is just because you're experiencing these feelings does not mean that that's who you are. And that's so incredible to me because he didn't give any power or any authority to that place. He just said, hey, what I spoke to you already has already been established. So why don't you just believe what I've already spoke to you? And then what he did, so everything around that is he continued to speak words and give people prophecies and share scriptures that all confirmed what he had already spoken, not something new and another answer. Because what we do is we start drawing for straws when things don't work out and our feelings don't change. Right? And I think a lot of times we're fighting battles in the, in the flesh realm and we're not, we're not necessarily winning very well. Because we don't know how to go to him in the spirit and let him speak truth to us so that it'll establish what we're trying to establish in our minds and our actions. When, if we establish the truth in our, in our spirit, all that other stuff would flow out. Michelle, you have something you'd like to share? Yeah. I've been sitting here thinking of how to like to summarize it and say it, but something that the Lord has been showing me lately is, I think maybe a week or two ago at pre-service prayer, I just shared how I was spending a lot of time in prayer thinking, or like, almost like asking the Lord to forgive me for wrong thinking. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, you, so you wake up and you're not firing on all cylinders and you Mm -hmm. feel like this is wrong and that's wrong. And immediately, because I'm like seasoned in the Lord for a long time, I know that that's wrong. Like that means that some, I'm thinking, I'm believing something wrong. So I feel like, okay, now I got to go. I need to listen to a good message. I need to spend a lot of time with the Lord alone. None of those things are wrong. I need to read a lot of things so that I can start believing right. Right. So I don't feel like this anymore. Right. That's all actually true. But the Lord just showed me, he's like, because I sat down and I was like, Lord, you know, I, I just, I'm, feeling this, or I'm frustrated with this, or whatever, and I just, I'm sorry for this, and Lord, how, and he just was like, you're spending a whole lot of time thinking about you, and th- 
it wasn't like it Sounds wasn't a like harsh it. word. It was just like it's not necessary. I don't yeah. require that of you. Mm -hmm. How about just skipping all that and going to the truth? Mm -hmm. Like, how about just skipping all that and saying, "Who cares?" Like, mm -hmm. don't give any don't give any place to that. Just say, "Yeah, I, I shouldn't. Whatever." But here's what the truth is, and just start praising him for the truth of who I, that I'm sealed and all that. And um, yeah, I just. It's like I can do it all day long when I start to just feel that sense of, because what happens is it's condemnation. Mm -hmm. Because you're seasoned and you know you shouldn't be feeling down about something. So like this week, um, like Mike and I got some really bad news. Mm -hmm. um, some really bad news. And I just realized that I wasn't super down about it. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't like I got similar news about this time last year and it, I felt like it took me out for like six weeks. Like I was okay, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? I was doing everything, but I was like inside, I wanted to just lay on the floor all the time and cry. Yeah. <laughs> and all these attacks were coming And This time I'm like, I think it, I'm okay. Like mm -hmm. every, like Mike would check on me all day long. Are you okay? I'm like, I am, I'm okay. Do you yeah. need to talk? <laughs> I'm not used to him being like that. <laughs> I'm like, I actually, I think I'm okay. And, um, it's because of this. It's like, I know what the truth is. Do I want to go back and look at my scriptures that God's given me about this situation and remind myself of what the truth is? But mm -hmm. I know what the truth is. It doesn't do any good mm -hmm. to sit there and go through all that if you know what the truth is. It's like, you, it's like in my head, I could see myself skipping a step. Like I'm skipping all this stuff. Because what it does is it wears you out to do oh, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It makes you really tired to feel like you have to go back and go through all these steps to get your head back right so that, oh, yeah, I believe right. right. And he's trying to wear you out. Then you're not creative. You're not hearing words for other people. Yeah, it's all you about know? you. It's all about me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I have been so empowered by that this whole week. Just that's like awesome. I'll stand there doing my hair, start thinking about something. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. And just like, thank you, Lord, for this truth. <laughs> you know, like all the time just doing yeah. it. Like, oh, that's not true. Mm -hmm. And just skip it. Like, it's amazing. Like, I can skip it. I always felt like I had to do lots of work. Yeah. It's so true, but that's because we, like, what you're saying is so true because what we do is we try to fight battles in the flesh or in, this, in, our, in our effort, and it's a revelation issue. Like, it's, a, it's coming back to the truth of what's already established. So it's like, that's why spending time with the Lord in the scriptures is so important because if you don't have truth, you don't have anything. Like, if you don't have what he says, you don't have anything. Like, his word is what fights battles for you. Like, Timothy talks about, or Paul talks about it to Timothy. He's like, by the prophecies previously made concerning you, wage a good warfare. He's saying, like, what's already been established and spoken over your life and who he says that you are, by those things, wage the warfare that you're called to wage, right? Like, let that be established in your life. Like, when somebody, I remember I was hearing a pastor, and he was saying that this guy, he was at this, they were at a meeting and this guy came and he just like points this, this guy out and he's just like, hey, you're, you're called to, whatever he was doing, he was in the business realm. And he's like, you're called to actually go and, and preach the gospel in this, I don't know if it was a nation or, but like you're called to be an evangelist in this area. And uh, he had just spoken it over. He's like, and everyone, like it resonated with this guy. The Lord had been speaking it to him. It confirmed it. And he's just like, this guy's called to like, to ministry. He's called to preach the gospel in this area, um, whether it be a nation or I don't, I can't remember the details of that, but like, the guy gets in this accident, sick, whatever. He's in the hospital, and they say that he's going to die. And he's like, I walked in the, the room, and I'm just like, you can't die. You're, you're called to preach the gospel, and it's already been established. 
He's like, and watch the guy get restored and healed and brought back. And like, now he's preaching the gospel. And he's like, because of what the Lord had already established over his life, he's like, well, you can't. Like, that's, that's not the truth about your life. Like, by those, warf- by those prophecies and by those words, wage a good warfare. Um, and I believe, like, that's why it's so important for us to spend time in the scriptures and in the truth. But that's why it's also equally important to spend time in community and in fellowship with people. Is because you'll just be, it's so funny, like, I used to, <laughs> I used to like when I was in those seasons of like, it was like difficult. Um, I would just go to like spend time with people, and it would be like I'm like Lord, I'm just open for whatever. And somebody'd be like, Hey, I feel like I got something for you. I'm like, Get my pen out. I'm like, I need it. Let's hear what you have to say. And it would be like word for word what the Lord had already spoke to me, you know, six months prior. And it would be like confirming. I'm like, I'm so thankful that I had community around me that was building me up and making sure that. They didn't know anything that was going on, or people, some people did, but like, it's so, it's so awesome that the Lord can use people like that to come alongside and to encourage and strengthen what he's already establishing in you. Um, and that's why it's so important. Like, that's why no one's an island with Jesus, right? Like, I remember Jared said it one time, he's like, people think that like you, you can honeymoon with Jesus and just be by yourself and not be in a church and not be in a community and not be in a family. It's like, the problem with that is when you spend a lot of time with Jesus by yourself, Jesus starts to look a lot like you, and uh, you don't realize that what you're hearing is actually you and not Jesus. And then when you get around people, you'll be like, that's actually you. That's not Jesus. And they can actually call that out of you. And it's super sweet because what we do is we, we need community. Like, there's so, been so many times where God is actually like, I've been praying about something for so long and like asking questions about this situation. And some random person that I feel like doesn't really even know the Lord will give me the answer in church. And I'm just like, what the heck? Like, I've been praying about that for like months. And the Lord's like, he's hitting, he's hiding things in community. He's hiding things so that he's called us, like, we can't just be by ourselves. We need people. Like, we can't be cut off from a body. We need to be connected. And it's so important for us to make sure that we're in a body that is, um, that is thriving and teaching truth. And being, and like being in a place to where you're being fed and being grown, you know what I mean? And make sure that we're giving, you know what I'm saying? And those kind of things. None of you guys got that joke. I've never received an offering, and none of you guys got that joke. It's not about giving. <clears throat> All right, keep going. I can't believe how bad that one went over. Just make sure that you're giving, Andrew. Right? <laughs> No. All right. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Verse 7. Verse 8. We are. If anyone has a question, please raise your hand. All right. I feel like there's questions that aren't being asked. Um, for we are confident yet well pleased rather to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. We're just going to keep reading. I, I want to get to something. Um, Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to him. We're for we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God, and I also trust we are well known in your conscience, or consciences. Um, for we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God... Or if we are of a sound mind, it is for you. And then right here, this is what I wanted to get to. It says, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. 
And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we know Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. This is the whole sovereignty part of God that he pleads through us, that we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Some of the best scriptures in all of Second Corinthians chapter 5. Um, but I want us to see this. It says, Paul saying that the love of Christ is compelling him. And this is what I want us to see is the reason that the love of Christ can compel Paul and compel Jesus to do what he did is because he sees you according to the spirit, not according to your actions. And he's saying, I'm judging, we judge no man according to the flesh. And what we do all the time is we judge other people and ourselves according to the flesh, right? So I look at Tyler's life and he might be the worst guy off and I'm judging him according to the flesh, but Jesus shows up on the scene And in the midst of all of Tyler's pain and problems and sufferings and all the stuff that he's causing and the pain that he's causing himself and other people, he sees right through all of that because he sees what Tyler can be in the spirit if he becomes alive on the inside. And that's why God's love never fails. Because God sees through the eyes of love. He doesn't look at the problems and the situations that we're walking in. And that's why God loves us. He doesn't love us because we're doing all the right things. He loves us because he knows who we are apart from all the other stuff. Right? That's why while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were enemies of the cross, he reconciled us. Because he can look at, literally, in my life, all the pain, all the pride, all the suffering, all the sexual immorality, everything that it is, and he can say, yeah, he's the one I want, and I see him according to, his, to what I can make him. That's really empowering to me. That can just make me wake up and just be like, wow, I'm super thankful that you see me the way that I'm supposed to be. And then from there, he goes, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, if, J- if Dylan would receive it, I'm going to make his heart new. I'm going to, like, his actions, his life, I'm not going to address, he's going to see that he needs a savior, and he's going to see that he has no ability to be right with me ab- apart from me. And he's like, I'm going to send my son to die for all of this stuff, all my actions, all my emotions, all my feelings, all the, do I have emotions on here twice? We'll erase that. All of that. He's like, I'm going to die for all of that so that I can put my spirit back on the inside of him. And then when I put my spirit back on the inside of him, it's going to start to affect the way that he lives and sees and feels. That's why when you're born again, you actually desire God. That's why when you're born again, your spirit becomes alive. You actually want God. Your mind might be telling you all the different things, but you sit in church, you sit in, the, in, in worship, and you're just like, man, I desire, and it's like fresh water to you. It's because your spirit's alive on the inside. And you actually desire, and God does something in your spirit, and he works out what he wants in the spirit through your whole entire life, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your body. And you actually start to see fruit in your body, and righteousness in your spirit starts to produce holiness in your life. Is this making sense? 
Yeah, you got a question? Absolutely. Yeah, so I, this came to mind earlier, and then I was like, I don't know if it quite fits in with what we're talking about, and then you shared, like, basically the exact same thing, and so I was like, okay, I kind of yeah. feel like I got to share it, but um, a while back when I was in college, I was going to this one church, and there was this guy who would go around, and he would prophesy over people all the time, and I wasn't used to that kind of thing. From, I came from a Baptist church, and so I was not used to that at all. And I always kind of was like, I wonder if he's actually saying the word. Like, is this true or yeah, yeah. not? And right. So one time he came up to me, and he was like, I have a word for you. And I was like, okay, what is it? And he was like, the Lord told me to tell you that you are a very compassionate and patient and loving friend to people. And immediately in my mind, I was like, that is definitely not from the Lord. Like, <laughs> that's not legit. Like, I know who I yeah. am. That's not me. And so I remember good. going home and being upset and being like, Lord, I'm like testing the spirit. Like, this is not your spirit because I know that is not me. And I was upset about it. And God just spoke to me like in the middle of me ranting about this. He was like, that's not, that's because that's who I see you as. Yeah. Not who you are, like see you as. That's who Come I've on. created you yeah. to be. Praise the Lord. And like, and it, it just like stopped me in my tracks. And yeah, and so it's really neat because, like, there's been two other instances, and Amy was actually one of the most recent ones who, like, said something, like, just almost identical to that mm -hmm. to me. And it's so cool because I get to see how I've grown. It's like God yeah. keeps speaking that over me. So I look back, and I see, like, yeah. remember where I was when that the other person spoke that and how I've grown since then or how he has grown me. And yeah. it's just really cool to see how he does that. That's so good. That's amazing because that's exactly the truth. So what God does is he establishes something in your spirit because he's created you patient. He's created you, but you're not seeing it and you're actually giving yourself to something that's less than. That's why like in that situation, like just for that, that's a perfect example is you start to actually live something out. You'll be like super impatient with people and as a friend and stuff, you'll actually feel like that's not who you are. Like you'll feel like you're taking a shower with your socks on, right? Has anyone ever experienced that? Like you... This is why no one's ever taken a shower with their socks on. Think about this, right? That's why I, you can live something in the body for years and years and years and years and years. And then when you give your life to Jesus and change, you could do the same thing you've been doing for years and it doesn't, it, something's different. Like you don't feel very good about it. Did anyone experience that in Jesus? It's because your heart becomes alive. It's actually not who you were created to be anymore. You're created according to Jesus and righteousness, and you're created to live it out. So what, when he comes and speaks that over you, like you said, you're like, you might not be living it out. What he's doing is he's changing a belief system so that you see yourself differently, so that you live it out. Right? He doesn't just come and say, he's not like changing all your friends to make them less irritable. Right? What we do is like, hey, I'm really struggling with my friends, and I'm not very patient with my, my kids. He doesn't come and make my, my son not wild at all. Never has, never will, right? And I'm thankful for it. I like him wild. But what he does is he starts to speak over who I am. And actually, if I believe it and give myself to it, so all you have to do is say, okay, Lord, if this is truly who I am and it's in my spirit and you've given me the spirit as the guarantee of what I'm called to walk in, all I got to do is give myself to that spirit and let that produce the fruit in my life. 
So now when Evangela actually starts to walk out what she's called to walk out in patience and being caring and a loving good friend, she knows, even if nobody else ever knows, she knows that that wasn't her own effort. She knows that that's just because God spoke it and actually started to do something in her heart and it started to produce a fruit in her life, right? So then whether anybody else ever knows or ever cares, she knows that when she's all alone, man, I'm thankful for who you created me to be. I'm, not, I'm, I'm thankful for who you made me to be, right? He made Jesus sin so that I could be made the righteousness of God. So I couldn't work for it. I couldn't strive for it. I was made the righteousness of God. He made me the righteousness of God, right? He did something in my heart. He made me alive. The blood of Jesus washed me to where I, I live a certain way because of what he did, not because of what I did, right? And if I give myself to that, it starts to produce the fruit in my life to where I start to actually live it out. I can still go back in my emotions, my mind, and actually go back to what I've originally believed about myself and actually start to live it out, but all along in my heart won't be, won't be settled. I'll live a certain way, and I'll know that that's not who I'm supposed to be, right? But if I believe it's possible, then let me believe it's possible, and let's see if I can actually live it out, right? If I believe it's possible, that's where everything starts to change is if I believe that I can be patient and God shows up and says, hey, this is who you are, then I'm like, huh, I wonder if I can be patient. Like, I wonder if that's actually, like, I wonder if he's planted seeds in me that might not be above the surface yet, but he actually sees that it's going to be above the surface. And as long as I believe, my, believe and give myself to it, then that watering is going to keep, keep growing it. Right? Jesus says, he's like, the kingdom of God is as a man sows seed. He sleeps and he rises. He sleeps and he rises. And he's like, and it springs forth. And he doesn't really know how it works, but he knows that the seed went in and he knows that there's a harvest now. That's the gospel. And I think that what we have to establish in our hearts is that's what he wants to do in our lives and that it's possible for us, right? So when Evangela feels like she's not living out um, patience or what was the other word you said? Compassionate, right? She's not being patient or compassionate. What we do is we say, well, then that must not be true what God says about me then, Right? We say, well, that must, be not, that's not, that must not actually be what, who I am. I must not be compassionate. And we forfeit the truth, and we actually start to believe something about ourselves that produces a lifestyle, and the whole thing is a lie. Because if, it all, if we sat down with Jesus, he would, he would, it's so crazy. I think about it all the time. Is if you sat in the same room with Jesus, he would cut through some serious lies in your life. And you're not going to argue with him because he's God. <laughs> right? Like, he'd be like, like, you can hear it come out of people's mouths, just like all these things that they believe about themselves. And I, like, I mean, some of you guys have known, I've sat with you and, and done it. I'm like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I was like, but what you're believing is deception. And I was like, I'm not going to let you keep saying that. Like, that's a lie about yourself, and I have to cut that away. And if you can open that, what Jesus is doing is he's opening your eyes, and he's renewing your mind with the truth so that you believe and see yourself differently, so that you actually start to live it out. Does that make sense? Super good. Anyone else have a question? This is what I'll finish with, Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to be done. <clears throat> I feel like this is really kind of basic, but I believe it's something that, it's basic, but it's like mind-blowing at the same time. Ephesians chapter 4.
he's talking about what the job of like leaders and pastors and, and people in the body of Christ and what, it, what he's trying to establish in the body of Christ. Um, verse, verse 11, it says, and he gave some to be apostles and prophets. I'm trying to read verse 17, but it says therefore, so I got to understand what it's there for. And he said, he gave himself some apostles and prophets and evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ until we come we all come to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Right? So everything that I'm doing up here, like, I teach for one reason and preach for one reason, and that's to present every man perfect in Christ. That's so that I can get everybody to see that we're all joined together and we're growing up into Jesus to look like Jesus right? To the full stature of the measure of Christ. That's why we preach. That's why I have a gift. If you guys weren't here, I'm not a very good preacher. Don't have anything to give. I'm here for one reason, to preach so that we all grow to the unity of the faith. If we could understand that that's what giftings in the body of Christ are for, the only reason that I, can, that I speak and it makes any sense to anybody at all is because God wants us to grow up into Christ. That's the only reason, right? I'm serious. Like if I didn't, if that wasn't the case, I would blab and it would make absolutely zero sense. Because we're called to grow up into him to the full stature of the fullness of Christ and we're supposed to look like him. That's why I preach the way that we do, right? To the full stature of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning crafty and deceitfulness or craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into all things who is the head. Man, Jesus, help me. We don't have a lot of time. We have to understand that we're growing up into him. So when we're not seeing things in our lives, we need to cut ourselves some slack that we're growing up into him. If we believe that, if we understand that we're all growing, and if I don't, maybe I'm not the most compassionate and patient friend right now, but Jesus believes that that's who I am and it's possible, then I'm gonna grow up into that, right? I'm not looking for perfection. The Lord's looking for humility. He's looking for me to believe what he says about myself, Right? So I think that what we need to understand is we're all growing up into him and we all might be at different places, but we all need to see that he's our example and we're not lowering the bar to let other people believe that they can jump over it because this is where the bar is. Jesus is our example and we're all growing up into him. And I'm not there yet, we're all not there yet, but we're going that way, right? But we're growing up into him. And if we believe that, then we believe it's possible because he's given us his spirit to make sure that that's our ability, Right? But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head of who is the head Christ, from whom, from Christ, from whom the whole body, us us, joined and knit together, or joined together, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. That's what we were talking about earlier. Causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. That's what we're called to as the body of Christ. This I say, therefore, all right, this is what I wanted to get to. And testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greed, with greediness. This is what he's saying that we were all in. We were blinded in our hearts and our minds, so we gave ourselves over to lewdness and uncleanliness and all these things, being enemies and wicked in our minds. 
because we were blinded in our hearts by the Spirit, from the Spirit. We were dead in our hearts. So look, he says, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, not in anything else, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed where? In the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was, past tense, created according to God, according to the image of him, according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. You were made the image of God. The new man is who you were created to be. And if you experience anything in the old man, your job is to put it off and be renewed, right? So evangelistic experience, if she finds herself being short with her friends, if she finds herself not being compassionate, she has one of two options. She either can believe and agree that that's who she is, or she can put that thing off and believe what God says about her. Those are the only two options you can do. A lot of times what we do is we say, well, I'm not feeling patient. I'm not feeling compassionate. Well, I must not be compassionate or patient. And the only job that you have to do is renew yourself and who you're called to be. The only job that you're called to do, you're not called to change it. You're not called to do anything different. You're called to believe that that's not who you are and give yourself to it and be like, all right, Lord, what does that look like? How do I see myself? How do I see them? What does that look like for me? Why, do I, why am I believing that? Why am I believing that I'm not compassionate? Why am I actually living that thing out in my, in my body and my actions and my feelings and my emotions? That must mean that I'm not believing something clearly. Like Michelle said, so I'm just going, okay, well, you're calling me compassionate, so Holy Spirit, I'm thankful that you're compassionate, or you've made me compassionate. Like in my bedroom, I'm just like, man, Father, I'm thankful that I'm a patient dad. I'm thankful that I'm a good husband. I'm thankful that you created that in me. And if I believe that he gave it to me and created me according to the image of Christ, and I'm called to grow up into him, then all I have to do is give myself to it, and by the Spirit of God, I'll live it out. Not by my actions, not by my effort, and I might not be there yet, but I'm growing up into him. And I'm letting the Spirit do it in my heart. So then in the long run, I can stand there and be like, man, I'm super thankful I'm a really patient and compassionate friend. And I know the only reason I am is because you made me that way. And all I did, all, all I did was believe it. I lived by faith and not by sight. I believed that it was possible. I believed that I could live it out because of what you said about me. Isn't that incredible? Because then when it's all said and done, we all stand, die and stand before the Lord. What I did in my body, the only reason that it happened is because I believed. And I'm going to be a believer and I'm going to be super guilty of believing, right? The Lord's going to be like, you're guilty of believing. And I'll be like, praise God, right? And then you'll be like, man, Dylan, you're super passionate. Man, Dylan, you, it doesn't look like you're the man that you used to be. It's so funny, like people that used to know me before, they're like, you guys are not the same people. Like me and my brother, you guys are not the same people that I used to know. And I'm like, it shouldn't be that way because we're different than what we used to be. And the only reason, the only answer that I have for him is, man, I gave myself to Jesus one night and he changed everything about my life. It wasn't my effort. It's not my good church attendance. It's not my tithing. It's not my fasting. It's not my giving, right, Andrew? It's not the reason why. It's because I believe, right? I believe. And because I believe the Spirit of God did something on the inside of my heart that started to produce fruit in my life. And I continued to give myself to that truth, Right? When I didn't live up to it, I didn't go, okay, well, that's who I am now, and that's what I'm going to live like, and I guess I'm not saved, and I guess I'm not this, and I don't really feel it. I go back to, man, Father, I'm thankful that you're creating me new. I'm thankful that I'm not, I'm not going to be the man that's frustrated, right? Taya said, like, Amy asked her, like, what are you believing for that's impossible? She's like, I'm believing that I can live free from frustration. 
She's like, that seems impossible to me. But if you believe that you can live like that because you put Jesus in that situation, he wouldn't live like that. So I'm like, can I live like that? And if I believe it, maybe I can live it. And if it's true, then maybe it just might be true. But it's freedom if we understand that because it's none, everybody in here, all across the board, we all have the same opportunity because we all have the same doors flung wide open because we all have the same spirit. So now when somebody's living it and somebody's not, all it boils down to is one person believes it, one person doesn't. This dude doesn't have more effort, doesn't have more striving, doesn't, might not even know more, right? You might just know that it's yours and you might know that you have the Holy Spirit and that's all you need. I've met people that have absolutely, not zero, but not a lot of understanding and live a lot super godly lifestyles. And I'm like, how? And they're just like, I'm just, I know Jesus. And I talk to him, he's my friend. And I'm like, you know nothing about anything. And you're living, because they know that it's true and they're just giving themselves to it in, in, in childlike faith, right? It's not the man that knows a lot. We think people that are thriving are people that know, that, like if I see somebody that understands, like if my dad understands grace more than anybody, I'm like, man, he might, he just knows more than I do. No, he just believes more than I do. And he gives himself to that belief. He gives himself to that truth, Right? Man, I think we should, I'm sorry, I'm just preaching right at Evangela because she shared that word, so I'm like looking right at her. This is good. But we have to understand, and that's where it comes down to, is when, when it all boils down, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by what we believe and what's been given to us in, in, in the spirit, not by what we feel and what we are experiencing in our flesh and our emotions. Does that make sense? I'm going to finish right there. Is there any questions on that? All right, stay with me, Okay. <clears throat> We'll have, our, uh, we'll have our guys come up here so we can pray. That was a, that was a pine cone up here. It must have been stuck in my shoe. So, I, um, so we'll have our elders come up and pray, um, and some of our lead team. You guys can come. And uh, we'll open it up for prayer. Um, I keep feeling this, and I don't, like, I don't want to, like, go outside of it. So I felt like somebody had an issue in their left, like, in the back of their leg, like, in their left, like, Achilles area. Um, does anyone have a pain or hurt their left? Is it left Achilles? Left? Both. It doesn't matter if there's two. It's not just one for one person. What's yours? Left Achilles? Is it painful right now? Okay. What about yours? Yeah, but what is yours? Is it your left Achilles? Okay, both of you guys. You guys can come up. We'll pray for you, okay? I just felt that. It was like super straight. Like, it was weird. It, I, like, I felt it in my left Achilles, and I don't have any problems in my Achilles, praise the Lord. Um, that's like one that makes me cringe, dude. Um, you guys can come pray, too. You can go. Simon will pray for you. You grab him. Where's Michelle? Can you come up here, too? Um... Do we have any other words? Sure. You're good. You got him, Simon. Okay. So, I feel like, yeah, I don't know if I like this. Um, we'll open it up also for, if you've never received the, the Holy Spirit, if you, um, we have to understand that he is the answer for the Christian life. There's the desire and the change that happens to you in your spirit, but the answer is the Holy Spirit's gift so that you can live it out. And if we don't understand that, 
Um, if we don't open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and give ourselves to it, then we'll never experience the freedom and the fruit. You guys can pray. You don't have to listen to me. Oh, you already prayed? Okay. Um, we're not going to experience the freedom and the fruit of what God has desired for us and what we're desiring in our hearts because the power and the answer is in the person of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So I want to open it up for if you've never received the Holy Spirit, you, you, you know if you've never received the Holy Spirit. Um, we'll have somebody, Evan will pray with them. You just come to Evan, throw your hand up, and he'll pray for you. I feel like there's a couple people. Um, and then we'll just open it up for any general healing also, okay? Let me pray for us. Father, we're just thankful for, man, what you're establishing in us, what you're establishing in truth. Um, I'm thankful that there's a foundation that's being laid in our hearts to where we can live from with freedom. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for you. We're thankful that we get to be a part of what you're doing. And we're thankful that you love us, Lord. And thank you that you do what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you need prayer, would you just come up? But everybody else, you guys are dismissed. Have a good week. We love you.